For the next 10 or so minutes, I'm going to hope to move your mind a little bit here on life vocabulary when we are thinking about resilience. I want to challenge this myth of limited capacity and also want to bring in some ideas from Brené Brown. So welcome, grab a jai if that works for you and let's get into this subject. I am Serena Hussein. Welcome back to Life Vocabulary. I've been thinking about this a lot and I wanted to speak about it because it's definitely probably the most important theme that I aim to bring into my work, working with others. I suppose you could call it coaching, but also in a very reflective way because I think I am quite resilient and I've had to really build on this resilience for quite some time. I come at it as from, from, I guess, being a single parent, an adoptive special need parent and having to achieve and handle so much for such a long period of time. I've learned a few things on the way, along the way. And so I that's sort of the backdrop, but I really want to focus on what Brene Brown's messaging is, but also for us to reflect on some universal things that can basically apply to all of us. So I think it helps us to sort of start with some definitions of resilience. And we have Wikipedia, of course, or is it Google? Whichever came first when you do the search and we have the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, toughness, the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape, elasticity. I like that. I like that when I'm thinking about how I bounce back from a bad day or a bad night, a bad week. How elastic am I? How elastic am I allowing myself to be? How elastic do we allow ourselves to be? I prefer elastic more than fluid because elastic feels like it still comes back to its form. It's not formless. Fluid feels a little too actually (laughs) anxiety inducing. It feels like there's too much scope there. I feel like structure is required. So I think being more elastic actually helps. Um, So let's go with that. We also have from the American Psychological Association, resilience is the process and outcome of successfully adapting to difficult or challenging life experiences, especially through mental, emotional and behavioral flexibility and adjustments to external and internal demands. There's a lot there. There's a lot there in that definition. Adapting to difficult or challenging life experiences, Mm, especially through mental, emotional, and behavioral flexibility, coming back to that kind of flexibility, flexible and elastic idea and adjustment to external and internal demands, gosh. I think that's basically it, isn't it? To be resilient, you're able to adjust to so many demands coming from the outside and inside. And I think that's probably somewhere I think where we can start 
because I think that there is a propensity to shut off the demands from inside and only respond to the demands from outside, the external demands. And I think that's a mistake because the internal demands, the the needs of our sort of our self, our sort of internal demand is one that actually allows us and helps us to be a lot more agile and adaptive. And again, you know, I'll approach this from a holistic view as a yoga teacher as well. I I know that this goes beyond self-care. It's about the micro moments throughout the day where you know you could do with a moment to pause. You know you could do with a moment to reflect on something and perhaps the task will take you a little bit longer but you know you can do with that moment because that internal demand is there, it's necessary. And if you don't address it, then perhaps you'll be more reactive to the external demand. We don't marry these up. There's perhaps a priority, a hierarchy actually of of needs and demands and well, if there is one, external shouldn't be number one. But I struggle with this and I wonder whether you do as well. This idea that, you know, you've got to put the oxygen mask on yourself first. I struggle with this because sometimes you really do have to be in this sort of space of deprivation in order to address something that's external, especially as a parent, you know, you have to it's not just ad- addressing the child, it's tending to a dependent, even if you are a carer. Sometimes you have to exist in this space of deprivation. And I think the issue with toxic positivity over the years is that you're not allowed to exist in a space of deprivation for a short while. Because that wouldn't be adequate self-care. And so what would happen is you would need to tend to yourself first. And then I think the danger is you end up mollycoddling yourself a little bit. And I think existing in that space of deprivation is actually something that helps you to become more resilient. As long as you do come back to yourself. As long as you do eventually put the oxygen mask on yourself. I think about the times that I have failed and I've made mistakes and there have been plenty and there'll be plenty more but I think about all the times that I have failed and the shame and humiliation I have felt afterwards, during, even now, the pinch of it, the pinch of recalling it, actually it pinches a little bit less. But if there's something I could say to myself, the past Serena, it would be, it's okay because these are all building blocks. They are actually building blocks. They are not interruptions, disruptions. They are not, it's not like sort of, you know, service has been interrupted. It's part of the same flow momentum it most definitely is and actually brings us to the next bit that I really wanted to address 
and that was Brené Brown's book Dare to Lead in it um, there's a part that I wanted to read out I believe which chapter is this Um, I wouldn't be able to tell you But it's quite, it's, it's, it's at the start-ish. No, it's not. It's towards the end, Serena. And so we're talking about failing and how Brené Brown, Dr. Brené Brown says, we've already got to teach failing and failing up front because we are in this society education system of attainment and achieving and all of those wonderful things but what about making the mistake up front and figuring out how to handle that disappointment and that mistake all the way up front rather than trying to suppress it, which then almost becomes, I, I'm thinking about this, these aren't Brené Brown's words, I'm thinking about this as almost, then, then that sort of manifests as shame and humiliation where you want to avoid it, you can't possibly confront it, you must avoid it. I'm looking back at Brené Brown's words and she says, teaching how to embrace failure as a learning opportunity is even more important. I absolutely agree. I'm going to read a little bit more. On the one hand, we were and are constantly intervening, constantly fixing, constantly helping some kids. As the head of my son's school said, many parents have gone from helicopter parents to lawnmower parents. Instead of preparing the child for the path, we prepared the path for the child. That's definitely not courage building. Gosh, lawnmower parents. Coming at this from a place of creative resilience, how bold do we feel about charting a path that hasn't already been mowed for us, where it's already sort of clear for us? I don't think we are. Or encouraged to be that courageous. Coming back to the book. Today, some young adults are overprotected while others are grossly underprotected. Some are paralysed by perfectionism and what other people think, while others have found it physically and emotionally safe to shut down and or armour up. Either way, it feels like we are failing young adults and it's easy to understand why many of them are entering the workforce without grounded confidence and rumbling skills. I'm a Gen Xer, borderline with millennials and... I'm thankful for the almost sort of survival rather than thriving mindset that I was raised with in one way because I sometimes feel like I'm never doing enough and I think that has definitely made me resilient and it will help me push through being a child, you know, sort of first generation of immigrants. But I do worry that that sort of puts you in sort of a panic mode a lot and it's something that I'm quite envious of when I look at millennials and even Gen Zers. I think that's how you call them Z Gen Z is that this sort of like entitlement this kind of desire to just kind of flow through things and have things sort of mowed out for you and that sort of release you get because you're releasing yourself from this crazy pressure that I know I've put myself 
under and still continue to but you know we know there's downsides to both and I will say this um, before I end this episode and that is I think that there is a lot that we can learn from our own generations and other generations and I suppose that's also where the elasticity comes in let's ponder this I hope you also find something here to ponder and I'd love to hear from you until then and until next time take care I'll be back I wasn't quite sure how to close this but I will be back